All right, welcome back. Episode number five of the Physical Athletic Podcast. He's Armando Aguilar, Director of Strength and Conditioning. I'm Adrian Broadus, and together we bring you the Physical Athletic Podcast. Armando, what's up, man? Episode five. Episode five. I can't, I can't wait to keep these going. Uh, me too, man. And we've got Clinical Director and Dr. Adam Vargas, who's joining us here today. First time across the building. Probably see him a couple times uh, here and there. But Adam, excited to, to have you on as well. Uh, excited to be here. Thank and, you. And of course, we've got a minor league baseball player. David Flores, excited to talk to him today. Fresh off, uh, or actually undergoing some rehab right now. So this is going to be an interesting episode today. David, excited to bring you on. It's going to be a great conversation oh, today. I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I guess let's let's start off with you, Adam, because uh, we've been talking in these previous episodes about a lot of different things. We've we've talked uh, to former athletes. We've talked to current high school athletes. We've talked to people who've gone through the rehab process, but we haven't really got into uh, the, the that side of things and the rehab side of things, which is kind of where pe- some people come here to start, where something happens to them, they get injured, something go- goes on in their own life. T- take us through like a day in your life and you know what it's like to to deal with athletes like David so um you know in 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 someone like uh David's case you know treating the athlete is it's a little different than treating uh you know the uh the non-athlete and so you have to take a different different approach you know they're cut from a different cloth and uh you know a lot of times you know whether they're a middle school high school athlete collegiate athlete or even a a professional athlete like David himself you know, you've got to be able to uh, to kind of temper that uh, that 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 fiery instinct that they do have, and um, and you know we've worked with David. I worked with David on several occasions. You know, Sean uh, was the one who really took lead on on David's case. But um, you know, like I said, it's a it's a little bit of a different rehab process. Um, you know, for David, this is his livelihood, and so um, you know you're trying to keep that in mind um, when going through the rehab process. And uh, you know, again, like I said, it's just. It's a different animal when you rehab athletes. Um, you know, David came in. When was it, David? When he came in, that it was a Friday evening. I remember that. Mm, I came in. I want to say right around the. Mm, I want to say April area, close uh-huh. to around that spring, mm. right before I want to say <coughs> springtime, right when I came back from Arizona, because I needed a place that can take care of athletes yeah and i remember you know it was it was probably five o'clock that that friday evening you know we're kind of getting close to wrapping things up working with our last patients and uh and you know david walks in and and you know he gives us a you know his background telling us you know that he just went uh, underwent uh ulnar collateral ligament surgery which is commonly known as as tommy john and you know that's you know uh that's like the acl of the elbow it's a it's a big deal especially for someone like david who's uh who's a pitcher so you know he came in you know again very unsure uh you know just about his rehab process and you know for him i'm pretty sure you know his future in general and um and so you know we we, we brought him in you know he had heard you know of us through uh the word of mouth from uh from a friend i believe and uh you know we took him around and we showed him the facility and i and i want to say there's no other facility like this in in el paso um the dynamic that we do have and you know i i, I want to say the facility spoke for itself um, I want to say I introduced, you know, Armando to David, you know, that same day, mm-hmm. give him a quick, you know, uh, spiel, hey, you know, this is David, and this is what we're going to be doing with him, um, you know, uh, just keep him in mind, and so, uh, you know, like I said, it, it just was a, uh, it's, it's always been a great relationship, and it's been a, it's been a great time having the, uh, the opportunity to have treated someone like David, and, you know, I know he does come in still, and so, you know, it's always, it's always good seeing him. 
How, how uh, closely do you guys work together? Adam and myself? Um, I, I work pretty closely with, uh, with the staff next door. I, I mean, I pick their brains all the time when it comes to uh, trying to reduce the, the risk of injury. Uh, but if we do have a very, one thing I've always wanted from this facility and the facility next door is I've always wanted to have a very uh, symbiotic relationship. And my athletes, uh, if there's anything going on with them, I usually send them next door. Uh, if it, even if it's something not serious, but I want to make sure that the parents uh, are comfortable with, okay, my, my son or my daughter, they're okay, so I usually send, send them next door with, uh, for, for a screen. Uh, but if they do, if they do end up having one of my athletes next door, um, we're always in constant communication. Uh, or if one of the patients next door who might be an athlete might transition into this facility, so we're always going back and forth on one of their former patients or one of my athletes that's going over there. And I always go over there, just kind of get a, a quick report. You know, how did how did yesterday's uh, therapy go? And and I usually see them here. Uh, so I'm, I'm always in touch with, with them or any of the other, with him or any of the other uh, physical therapists uh, next door. So Who's the dark side between you two? That's <laughs> <laughs> Armando. Do you say that's the dark side, this is the dark side? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It, you know, in all honesty, I think in, in the mind of the athlete and their psyche, I want to say that we're the dark side. Um, you know, no one ever wants to hear the word rehab. Rehab has a has a negative connotation until yeah. you know they get they get exposed to what we really do do and so yeah i would say you know from you know uh somebody who doesn't exactly know what goes on with physical therapy uh you know they often look at us as as you know the the dark side you're going to keep me from playing uh that type of thing and so uh, and when it's quite the opposite we want to want to return them to to full function and uh so i would probably say you know just out of experience we're the dark that's, side that, that's true and, and i think it was on the on the on the first episode or second episode when we were talking a little bit about in injuries and i mentioned the the physical toll that it takes on the athlete and then the mental and psychological i mean you can i'm sure you can oh. you can speak to that and and the way adam is referring to physical therapy very much keeping you away from of course you went through your surgery mm -hmm. and you know you had to come to terms with I, I won't be playing for a while, yeah. I need to rehab, and it's it takes a big psychological toll. Like, you hit the nail on the head when you said that's definitely the dark side. I can definitely confer that. <laughs> anything that deals with an athlete being hurt, injured, anything you you have to go see a physical therapist or a doctor for, um, that's a no-no. We, we call that a no-no in the athlete's field. That's like, you kind of want to stay away from that. Um, you know, in this past year of, of this whole Tommy John situation has been an absolute roller coaster on uh, my mental state, on my physical state, you know, some days where I'll wake up and I'm, I feel like I'm 100% and then you scratch that 24 hours later, I feel like um, sometimes a truck has just hit my right side of the arm, I feel throbbing, you know, it's just an ongoing, it's just an ongoing up and down, up and down with Tommy John, it's been, it's been a real crazy year. Um, Adam, could you take me through the Tommy John? Because it's so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the surgery, the injury itself. Can you take me through just what it is, what it really is, and kind of break it down for us? Okay. Uh, so, like I said earlier, you know, uh, the UCL, the ulnar, ulnar collateral ligament, um, it's on, it's on the inside of the elbow, and so um, again, this this ligament is super important in stabilizing that elbow. Just like like I said, it's the ACL of the uh, of the elbow, and so um, you know. For somebody like David, you know, he's going through constant and constant, you know, just uh, uh, movements that stress that area, you know, given that he's a pitcher. Uh, you know, uh, what you really want to 
which her goal is to stabilize as much as possible. Now, uh, Dr. Waz went in there and, and surgically repaired it, you know, because there was a, a tear in it, you know, it completely just went through it. You know, oftentimes when, when that ulnar collateral ligament goes out, just like the ACL or, or even the Achilles, it's like a gunshot, you hear a pop. And, um, and, and so, you know, you're really looking at, at initially at the early onset uh, stages of, of rehab, you're looking at just, uh, you know, protecting the surgery, protecting the, uh, the, the graft that's been placed in, um, and then, you know, from there, you know, working on increasing flexibility, range of motion, um, and not just at the elbow, you know, we're looking above and below, uh, you know, if, if you're just treating the site itself, you're doing the, the patient, the athlete a disservice. You want to treat kind of everything, you know, above and below, whether it's the neck, the shoulder, uh, the wrist, the fingers, you know, even in David's case, you know, even going down into the trunk, the legs, I mean, everything, you know, you, you heard the, uh, the old uh, rhyme, you know, the, the neck bone's connected to the shoulder bone, the shoulder bone's connected to the, you know, the elbow bone. You really kind of want to take a holistic approach. So, I mean, you know, it, it's really about protection first and then working in, uh, into increasing ranges and then eventually uh, stressing the tissue by strengthening and then working on, on plyometrics, you know, power, dyna uh, dynamic uh, motion, things like that, control, um, you know, before you're able to give them your stamp of approval and send them off to, to you know, somewhere over here or even back to return to sport. David, can you walk us through just your your background, how you got started in the sport? Um, uh, so, I mean, I started just like normal, every other normal child, you know, playing in the dirt at six years old. But um, that took a serious note once I hit my teens. Uh, played at El Dorado locally here. Um, then after El Dorado, I went to uh, uh, EPCC, um, El Paso Community College here. After that, uh, I went to Harrisco State University um, and then uh, took a turn. I uh, thought, you know what, D1 is definitely my, my, my fit. So I decided to um, try to transfer to SLU. That was successful for about half a semester. Um, you know, different player to coach relations, you know, didn't really like the environment. So decided to gamble my chances and go to University of the Southwest where Little did I know, um, I'd eventually start setting records. I uh, set the NAI close record, save record um, for, I was, I remember for quite some time until playoffs, until we were eliminated, I was the uh, second closer in the nation. Um, and I, uh, I continued my streak um, with my uh, strikeouts, then um, you know, it just went uphill from there. Um, I had an independent league team see me, and they said, "Hey, you know what? Um, we're interested in having a um, picking up a few more pitchers. Uh, would you like to come and try out?" So I was like, "You know what? Trying out." So I thought, "No, I want to make it straight into the bigs and then take the minor league route." But then I thought, "This is an also opportunity that is possibly being handed to me to further my goals and dreams." So I said, "You know what? I'm going to take this chance." So I decided. I'm gonna hit the nail in the head, let's do this. Um, I went full force, tried out, made it. <clears throat> so I played uh, in the independent league. That's how I started off. Uh, went frontier league with the Southern Illinois Miners, played with them. Um, I got traded, uh, went into the Can-Am league after that. Um, I played in Canada for another two more months. It was very fun. Um, Canada is an amazing country <laughs> for some reason. Um, <laughs> It's so beautiful. Uh, the people are just really nice. You know, they're very genuinely, um, I guess, warm welcoming. They gave a warm welcoming to 
to us players coming out of country. And um, after that, you know, I went uh, back to the Frontier League. And then um, that's where the uh, old behold A's said, hey, let's give this kid an opportunity. And that opportunity arose. And unfortunately, that opportunity was very short-lived um, in the rookie ball league. It was very short-lived just because the whole, you know, like you said, that moment, I'll never forget that moment in my entire life. It was just a complete, utter shock. Um, I knew my arm was kind of giving out. I knew something was off. But, uh, you know, during that, during that whole week of mental preparation, I, I basically blocked every negative thought out of my head. I was just like, you know what, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You're good. You're good. Um, I go out in there. This is my second inning. Um, I remember it's the second batter of the inning. Um, and I threw two pitches. One pitch was in the dirt. I had no idea where it was going. And then I felt like a small shock on my pinky, running from my pinky up to like my back tricep area. And then that next pitch, I probably made the worst mistake of my career. But uh, mentally, I told myself I was going to throw the ball as hard as I physically, possibly, humanly could. Because I was so frustrated. I was going through so much frustration. Leading up to that moment, why is my velo almost 7 to 10 miles an hour lower than what I'm throwing? Like, I'm super not only frustrated, I'm, I'm irritated. Like, and, you know, I just want to get my job done. I'm, I'm at the point in the inning where I want to get my job done and I actually want to get out. Like, I'm done. Like, I know I'm in pain. So that next, that next pitch comes, I throw it as hard as I humanly possibly could. Then, then immediately after I release, um, I have no idea where the ball went first off the ball. I think the ball went up towards the back, the back netting. But um, I felt a pop, like a weird, small, like, you know, like, um, like a pressure pop where it's like, oh, that feels good, but it didn't feel good. Um, <laughs> this was a pressure pop that did not feel good. Um, it popped, and then I felt like a stretching, like a really weird internal stretching on my UCL area. And once that stretching, I once that stretching felt like it reached its max stretching potential, um, I felt another click. So after that, it felt like. Um, how do I describe this? It felt like the white noise feeling, you know, the, the TV screen. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt on my arm. So I had no pain and no feeling for a good 30, 35 seconds. And then I walked off the mound. By the time I hit the dugout, it felt like everything in that moment hit my elbow in one simultaneous moment. It, it was just pain. It was like I felt my blood pumping you know like your heart i feel what what's called people call a heartbeat when you get hurt i felt a heartbeat in my arm i couldn't move my fingers i couldn't move my pinky it was just and i was crying because i knew i knew deep down what happened i knew exactly what happened my manager knew exactly what happened the minute he took me off that mound i everyone i think everyone knows by by if you're in a if you're a not even not even a baseball person if you just know about like sports and athletes and you see an injury happen you know exactly what happened in the sports field and it's just it's just a it was just a dark dark very weird situation that happened that day it was it was crazy it was, when was that um it was in july of last year i remember i don't remember the exact date <clears throat> i know we were out in kansas um i believe it was like Around, I want to say July 15th to July 20th. I don't. I think it was uh, in between those days. Um, 
when that situation happened because I remember the very sad drive <laughs> back to Arizona from, from Kansas. It was a very, very quiet, very sad, just very weird, eerie drive back home. Yeah. When athletes <clears throat> undergo uh, a, an injury that they know it's going to take a long road mm-hmm. to, to recover, um, we see this a lot at the high school level. We see kids tear their ACL mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, and they have that path to recovery is so long and so arduous. It really takes a lot of mental toll on you. I guess, what is the initial advice you would give to somebody who just first, it's, it's that first realization moment that, okay, I did this, and then it's about the path to recovery, which is a lot of time, mm-hmm. which is you know something that you have to kind of be mentally prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, my best advice would to be, I know this as cliche as it sounds, but don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop pushing and don't give up. If you really want to do something, don't stop and don't give up because you are going to come about times, you're going to come past times where you're going to feel defeated. You really mentally will, it's not the physical aspect, but like you said, mentally you will feel that you, you can't do it anymore. You'll Sometimes you'll sit yourself thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? Um, Keep pushing. Don't give up. Uh, And taking baby steps is probably the best advice. Don't rush into anything. I know as eager, I'm I'm an eager athlete. I want to get back out there quickly. But sometimes in certain situations, being calm, cool, and collective, and sit back and let everything fall into place and work towards that goal, I think a lot of times an athlete will find themselves coming off better than what they were before not only that but in a good mental state again coming back to a very good safe and sound mental state i would say and for you guys yeah is is that i mean we've talked about mental health so much armando i mean we've we've talked about that for high for the people at the high school level for people who've kind of been trying to get back out there during the pandemic we've talked about this a lot on previous episodes i mean Gosh, I can't even imagine how you how you guys have to just deal with the mental aspect of it, both of you guys. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Once once the athletes come in here, with whether it's you know, of course, one athlete that if if I already have them in here training and they suffer some kind of injury, and of course I, I hear about it, and you know, I'm, you know, their parents know, doctor knows, but then the athletes, you know, it's it's a very unique and special relationship that you sometimes develop as a coach and of course as a physical therapist. I mean, they. They start telling you everything, you know, maybe some things that they don't want their parents to see, their siblings, maybe even their, their coach, but they finally, after having some uh, conversation, they just open up to you and, and they really tell you uh, how they feel. And I think it's a very important process of, of the healing process, you know, so you can realize where you're at and the steps that you need to take in order to get back to where you were and then keep improving from there. Um, so I think I'm sure he's had those similar conversations yeah. with with patients where, you know, it, it 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 hits them and then eventually they just open up to you and tell you, gosh, you know, I, it this really sucks. This this uh, I, I I hate this. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, oftentimes, you know, when somebody comes in through uh, through those doors, and uh, you know they've had some sort of injury, and uh, again, you know, we have to always take into account that it's not only purely physical, right? It's a very uh, psychosocial type of thing that you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone's, you know, uh, mental health, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, and so it's just much more than a, an elbow thing, right? Or a knee thing or whatever the case may be. It's a, it's a, it's a human thing, right? Um, and so, you know, 
as physical therapists, you know, we're detectives. We have to go in there and figure out what's going on with the patient. Oh, yeah, you may get an order from the doc and it says elbow pain. Oh, great, you know, you know you're just telling me where they're having their pain, right? But it's so much more than that. You've got to really go into depth. And, and like I said, you want to uh, do everything that you can for the patient, you know, and, and in this case, we're talking about the athlete, um, to make sure that we treat them holistically, you know, and, and, and sometimes you got to give them tough love, you know. You have to tell them things that they don't want to hear, but it's, it's the truth, it's the reality. Um, you, know, uh, you know, with the athlete, you know, they're, they're, like I said, they're cut from a different cloth. So yeah, you, you know, sometimes it's better not to sugarcoat it. Just tell them how it is and, and you know, you mentioned it earlier, you know, so it, you know, David mentioned it, it's up and downs, up and downs. You know, rehab isn't, isn't always a pretty thing. It's, it's tough, it doesn't always feel good. Um, you know, there's gonna be days where you don't feel like you did the day before, you know. You, you know, you come in, you're like, man, I feel great. I feel like I can, you know, uh, run, cut, jump, throw, pitch, whatever the case may be. And then the next day you come in and you're like, man, what the heck happened to me? I feel like I got hit by a train. And, uh, you know, first hand scene, you know, with, with David and, you know, um, and those are the times in which you really just got to have that, 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 uh, the line of communication open up with that, with that athlete. You got to let them know, hey, you know, this is normal. You know, don't freak out. You know, this is where we're at. This is, this is part of the process. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's a, it's a long process. You know, UCL surgery, uh, you know, you're looking at about a year long of rehab um, before you really get back to, to where you need to be. And, you know, the way I kind of look at it, you know, you, you you ask for pieces of advice, you know, um, you know, from personal experience. And I've been there for it myself. I've, I've turned to a couple of ligaments on my shoulder and um, it sucks. It, it really does suck. But, you know, yeah, you're, you're trying to keep, you're trying to play the long game, the long ball game, right? You know, eventually I'm going to get to this point, but you've got to break it up into, you, guys, you have to systematically break it up into um, short-term goals. Okay, where are we at, at on Monday? Where are we at at Sunday? You know, takes, you know, minor, minor, uh, minor wins, dubs, you know? Hey, I made uh, I made progress in this area. Cool, that's where I'm at. You know, and, and not get caught up in hey, you know what? I still got another nine more months of, of, of rehab before I can get to where I need to get uh, get to. So you know, you know again, as cliche as it sounds, you know, you got to be patient. You know, time is a you know is a huge factor. You know, but of course, you know it's not the only thing. You know, there's there's some elbow grease that needs to be thrown in there. Some some discomfort. Um, you know, and just. Again, like I said, you just really got to get through the athlete. You know, Mondo said it earlier. You know, I think, you know, as a coach and as a therapist, we're placed in a unique situation in which we do talk to our patients a lot. You know, we see them, you know, several hours a week. Um, you know, we provide a lot of one-on-one -on -one treatment. Uh, a lot more than, you know, I'll be quite honest, than a lot of other healthcare professionals may provide to, to their patients, right? And so, you know, patients confide in us. They trust us. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, we create that very unique relationship, that bond with them. And, you know, uh, I feel like as a result of that, you know, we have a lot of positive influence on that, on that, that overall outcome of the athlete. So um, super unique situation that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you a couple questions, David, uh, you know, going back to, to the sports and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, I do, I do have, uh, I train baseball players. I train, I train softball players. Uh, have you always played uh uh, pitcher or has that as as you got older is that something you specialize more in um i would say that came me being a pitcher that came to me i want to say right around high school right around high school yeah i was always like a two-way guy you know like growing up i would assume any any other baseball player likewise would be you know you're always a two-way guy you're always going to be a pitcher you're always going to be a pitcher and hitter um <clears throat> But then I guess 
right around that same time in high school, I also, a light bulb also popped up and said, hey, why don't you make a career out of this? Mm -hmm. And you know, this is your dream. You know what? Let's try this. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wasn't good at both. Right. <laughs> I knew that I wasn't, you know, I, I was a very weak hitter. I was a very weak hitter. You know, I couldn't, sometimes I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat, but you know, I don't, I don't really talk about that. <laughs> I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do pitching. I'm, I feel that pitching is what my strength was. You know, a lot of players would say otherwise, you know, well, my strength is hitting. Well, that, that was just my strength. I felt very confident to go up on the mound. And I love the challenge, you know, the, the challenge of being up there like, ah, this is my game, you know. That's when I basically reverted, re reverted to solo pitching only, okay. pitching. Um, and, and, and the reason the reason I ask that is you know with with athletes uh, you know with uh, baseball and, and softball specifically I don't, I don't know how to how to best word this but but if you could are there some things that you could possibly think about doing different as a pitcher specifically you have athletes right now baseball and softball that or pitchers right now and that have been pitching even before going into high school mm -hmm. and sometimes the amount of throws that they do at the speeds that they do and the amount of pitches that they do per game or practice mm -hmm. is there a way is there something you found where you maybe you could you could have done it differently as to how you would manage your recovery uh, to better uh, last as, as an athlete I mm -hmm. suppose well um Basically, um, you know, once you come talking in a pitcher's perspective, once you warm up and throw for that day, um, that next day, that warm up has to be a little bit more intense. Just because once you, uh, once you, I call it using your arm. Once you've used your arm, basically, um, for that day, you know, uh, of course, being younger, I would say the younger, full adolescent bodies style pitchers, I would say younger high schoolers, people that really haven't grown into their body. Uh, I, would, I would say that athletes like those, specifically pitchers, uh, whether it's softball or baseball, um, they, I would suggest that they have like a better recovery program going into the next day after throwing for the first day, because it's always the next day. It's always the next day, or if not, it's the next, next day. It's usually the two days after where you start feeling like, oh man, I threw, like, oh wow, ooh, that, okay, gotta, gotta issue this, I gotta issue right here. So, usually I would say that foam rolling is one of the biggest things. I, I, that's one of the biggest things. I'm a firm believer in foam rolling. You know, 90% of your body needs to be under foam rolling. I, I love foam rolling, I love active, I love active mobility drills, because I don't, I don't the only thing that I'm not really a static person, is because I like to get the blood rushing. I like to get, a lot of times we're pitching in the cold too, because come springtime, movement. it's, yeah, you need movement, you need that warm blood flow, you can't just get up and start throwing a medicine ball and saying, yeah, you know what, I'm good. So you're, I, I believe that for softball pitchers and softball and baseball pitchers, the active recovery is a necessity. It's a very big necessity into going on to the next day. Man, that's so interesting. And just speaking for the game itself, it's so interesting now to watch in baseball how 
managers and organizations are starting to rely on bullpens more where mm-hmm. they just have them in for one inning. I mm-hmm. mean, they just have guys, pitchers in for an inning, and they have, or sometimes even just a pitch, like just trying mm-hmm. to strike out one batter. They love the matchup, mm-hmm. and they throw them in for one specific. I mean, the game is evolving so mm-hmm. much in baseball right now, especially at the pitcher level. We're not seeing starters go seven innings mm-hmm. uh, anymore. You just saw it with uh, the Rays and the Dodgers. They oh, would yeah. rely on one whole game being a bullpen. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting to me to see that. Um, usually that happens. Um, like I said, when everybody has a job, everyone has a certain job to do in, 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 in baseball. And, and, you know, as the game's getting more advanced, I feel like it's becoming more of a game of chess, more of a game okay. of, yeah. of wits with sports because you have this hitter. Say you have this hitter, right, and this pitcher is doing good. Say he's dealing, he's the starter, and this pitcher's been doing, say this pitcher's been doing good, although this hitter can read him like a book. That's where we've got specialty pitchers. That's where the specialty pitchers come in. Um, I was a right-handed specialist. I love pitching against right-handed pitchers. And usually that was my moment to shine, whether I was closing or whether I was coming in for an inning. You know, each pitcher has their like weird, it's weird to say, but it's like a specific role. That's why you see a lot of changes now where it's, um, we've got this pitcher that's been doing good, but you know what? This hitter, he's got a certain click or or uh, a certain thing that he has a, uh, on, on, on an edge against this pitcher. So a lot of times what managers will do is they'll look at their bullpen and they'll look at their stats and who they're effective against versus who they're not effective against. You know, and it's like, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, it's like a whole big game of chess where it's, I'm gonna put my bishop in here where I'm gonna put my pitcher in in this situation. And then you, you have, we have multiple situations already played out. Like not only in our head, but written out. We have backfall situations where if this pitcher struggles goes okay we can bring in this pitcher so yeah every every pitcher has like their um you know like you're saying with the rays coming in you know they have their strengths against certain hitters every pitcher has their job and every pitcher it's 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 weird but it's like it's really it's really crazy yeah but then you're like okay don't take out blake snell when he's got one guy on (laughs) yeah the advanced analytics get a little crazy at times Mm -hmm. but no i just think it's kind of interesting it's interesting how we play how analytics plays so much into sport like baseball Mm -hmm. how it's playing a lot into the sports like basketball where you're seeing three-point shots at a higher percentage seeing in the NFL teams just throwing the ball all over the place because offenses are just at a the higher level than they ever are so sports are just becoming more analytics based and then when you bring the medical side to it it's actually really interesting because you think is there a pitch count is there a pitch count that a certain pitcher has it's almost like a life expectancy Mm -hmm. like does your arm have kind of that life like life expectancy until you have to get surgery. That's such a. Do you is that a, is that a case, is that a thing, Adam, or am I just totally off? I mean, it doesn't sound far fetched. I think it's kind of in the realm of, of possibilities, right? Um, again, but you don't want to look at, at life expectancy and, and 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 cut somebody short because you think that you know we're just going to follow. Okay, you know what? Uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of pitching, you know, they're going to be done. Well, wait, and, could I stop you there? Because that's really interesting. This past year, we saw a lot of pitchers say, I'm not going to play this year. I'm going to take take the year off and get Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just interesting. That was interesting to me right there where you saw a lot of pitchers just elect to say, oh, I'm not going to do this season. I'm just going to get Tommy John surgery now while the pandemic's going uh-huh. on. Rehab this year. Be back next yeah, year. Yeah, you know, in, in lieu of everything that's going on, you know, it's, it's, it's been a crazy year, but it's also been a bit of a, a blessing in disguise for a lot of athletes. So, you know, the, the season's been very uncertain, you know, whether it's, you know, the – the you know in all professional sports 
Um, and so really it's a blessing in disguise for, for those athletes to get their bodies right, get their minds right. Um, you know, whether that's via surgical intervention or, uh, um, you know, more uh, conservative ways, you know, through physical therapy. And um, so, yeah, you know, you, you don't want to put a number on, a, on an athlete or just a patient in general. You know, there are going to be numbers that you do have to follow, you know, post-op protocols and things like that. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, David kind of went into it a little bit earlier, you know, uh, and it, it, I think it's becoming a much more popular thing, you know, overuse type injuries. So when kids are younger, you know, and you don't want them to specialize, you want them to be generalists. And so, you know, and, and that you see that more nowadays with AAU, you know, club teams, things like that, you know, these kids are out there, you know, they're playing, you know, several times a week. You know, they're, they're placing stresses, stress on different parts of their body that, you know, they're, they're, again, their body hasn't matured and their, their body's not going to respond positively to it. And, you know, I heard oftentimes, you know, hey, what do I need to do for my son or my daughter? What, what, what's your advice? You know, when that does happen, it's every kid play another sport, you know, uh, down the road, then hey, they can become specialists, but they need to get a break. You know, if, if, you know, somebody's a pitcher, you know what, in the off season, guess what? Go play basketball, go play football, do something else, you know? Um, you know, especially at a, at a younger age, you know, you need to give your body ample time to, to recover because, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's taxing, you know, David said it, you know, the day after, the two days after you get that delayed onset muscle soreness and, you know, you feel it. And, you know, you can imagine doing that, you know, at, you know, seven, eight, six, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years of age, you know, before the body really hits, it's puberty. It's a, you're just setting up that, 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 that so athlete. Yeah, exactly. You're setting up the athlete for, for failure in the future, you know, and, and again, a lot of people just don't understand that, whether that be the, the parent, the coach, you know, of course, the athlete themselves or, you know, they're, they're kids. They don't know any better. Um, they're doing what their coaches tell them to do or what mom and dad, unfortunately, tell them to do. And, um, you know, it's just, again, really about educating and, and hey, you know what, as, as much as you want them to be a, you know, collegiate baseball player or pro baseball player, whatever it is, you got to pump the brakes a bit, you know, that time will come, but you know, you got to give, you know, son, daughter a, a chance to, to let their bodies heal. And, um, you know, COVID, unfortunately, has provided that opportunity for a lot of people, whether it be those that are in the professional ranks or the high school ranks or, or whatever, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a bit of a, a blessing in disguise for, for those to really rehab, you know, and just get their bodies and minds right. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. See, that's really interesting right there. I mean, I just... I love the specialists in general. I love that what you what you just said right there about that. And isn't it just crazy, David, just see all these pitchers oh, yeah. just elect to? I'm not gonna play this year. I'm gonna get Tommy John. I've I've come across it a lot. Um, I've had some friends, you know, um, a lot of friends in the independent league area where uh, a lot of times they'd say whether they were cut, released, or you know, etc. Anything they were. Um, I always have friends or acquaintances, <clears throat> former teammates. Because some of them would say, you know what, what if I get Tommy John? Might as well just get Tommy John. My first question is always, well, are you actually, are you actually, like, do you need it? Are you, are you hurt? Because a lot of times, the one of the, I'm just going to clear this on the table. One of the big myths is that Tommy John will get me throwing harder. Yes, you can, you can stretch that as far as you can, but that's not always the case. Sometimes Tommy John patients are even coming back throwing less less hard they, they physically can't throw harder and some by the grace of god some are throwing and even harder than what they were throwing and then you get some that are just back at what they previously were at so it's like it's like a weird gamble with with tommy john and that's that's why i really would i'm i'm not a fan of of, of players that 
you know, it's Tommy John is easy to get nowadays. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's a lot better to get nowadays. It's a lot more uh, players go in having a lot more confidence with the outcome that with technology nowadays and and, and medicine and, and doctors. But um, I still wouldn't agree with that whole. Let's get Tommy John. Let me get my. Let me, let me take this year off. Let's get Tommy John. <clears throat> I'll be better. I'll be throwing harder. The way I see it is, if you're gonna get Tommy John, especially in this situation, there I, I would definitely see an actual serious in the seriousness in the injury. Like if it's actually torn, if if it's partially torn, or if it's hanging by a thread. You know, mine was pretty much a full tear. So I, I needed it regardless. Even if I wasn't gonna continue baseball, I needed it for my daily life because. There were situations where I couldn't even turn a steering wheel. Or I couldn't open simple doors just because that small, just a minute amount of pressure in that little area, it sent out fireworks throughout my whole arm. So it was, so it was unbearable. So I don't recommend people just getting Tommy John just to get Tommy John, especially if you if you want to throw harder. I would say train and work to throw harder. You guys seem like you're echoing that sentiment. Oh, definitely. It's um, again. Surgery is not always the answer, you know. Um, it's it's quite often a gamble. Sometimes people come out uh, a lot more impaired than what they went in, you know, whether it be with pain, function, strength. Um, you have to remember, you know, the body's been compromised, you know, after having a serious injury like a, a UCL tear, an ACL tear, an Achilles rupture. Um, you know, the, the body's not going to be the same. Um, and that's, I have to be careful on how I word that, you know, that's what I have to tell the, the athlete, you know, not, I'm not going to say that, you know, you're not going to be as strong as you once were, or as flexible as you once were, you know, it's, your body's, it's different. It's undergoing some changes right now. Um, you know, I, I think looking into the whole thing of, you know, uh, athletes maybe coming out stronger, you know, after Tommy John, I, I don't think it's a result of the surgery. I honestly believe it's a result of the therapy and the training afterwards. Um, you know, oftentimes these athletes, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, uh, you know, was David's injury uh, or, you know, if we're talking theoretically here, you know, if David throws harder and stronger, you know, after this whole rehab process, is it a result of the surgery or is it a result of the, the hard work that he's put in? You know, we found issues, not just at the elbow, but, you know, you're going to see issues up in the shoulder blade, the scapula, um, you know, you're looking at the trunk, you're looking at the hips, everything, right? So, I mean, you know, was David weak in the shoulder blades you know before the the surgery maybe you know was he weak in the core maybe but you know while he was here guess what we worked on that and and you know now he's going back to the base and he's training and and you know i wouldn't say it's a result of the the surgery you know the surgery did what it needed to do it provided stability uh, you know ligament isn't going to make you stronger or more powerful or more agile or whatever the case may be uh really it's the the work that's put in by the by the patient um, you know, and, and you're maybe, you know, you're quite possibly addressing issues that they've already had previously that unfortunately because of the surgery and the injury have just reared their ugly head and now you can address them now and, uh, and, and again, treat them holistically. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a result of the, the surgery that makes them stronger. You know, that's, that's a myth, right? I had to debunk that myth right then and there, you know. Um, same thing in the opposite direction. They may be worse because they may have just had poor rehab, you know. Uh, the, the surgery's there, you know, they, they go back to the doc, I'm still having a lot of pain, I'm having a lot of this. You know, sometimes the surgery may be, a, unfortunately, a botched surgery, you know, they just didn't have a, the, the, the graft didn't, didn't adhere to the, to the bones correctly, or they just had a poor therapist, you know. There's always going to be bad apples there, you know, out there everywhere. And so, um, you know, it could be... It's a gamble. It's, it's, it's really a gamble, and um, yeah, you know, it's, 
I, I, I can say that with, with going, going along that, that same, with uh, as far as ACL, I've had, I've had quite a few ACLs and, and some uh, partial meniscal uh, tear uh, athletes come in here and same thing you know it's 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 not always going to to get surgery a lot of times it's let's do let's focus on the training let's do some rehab uh, before we um, before we even attempt to go into into some surgery and a lot of times after several weeks or months of, of training they're fine and they don't they don't actually require to go under the knife which once you do then it's a whole it's a very long process to recover so I've, i have seen those when it comes to acl and uh, partial acl tears and then uh so sometimes you guys will encourage against i mean kind of discourage yeah I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's something that i think you know talking with therapists and the physician the orthopedic surgeon you know what what's recommended you know are they actually do they really need the surgery right now like david was saying you know it, it's it's hanging by a thread or is yeah. it uh can we can we work on physical therapy first and see if that heals over time and then okay you're fine after a, a few months of, of training so wow we have seen that yeah you know you have patients which you call copers uh that's quite often a term used with those who have acl tears um you know sometimes they really just don't need surgery i've had a patient who came here for prehab because um, she was going to have acl reconstruction and you know she's an athlete in her own right border patrol agent um, and so she came in, she did phenomenal. No painful range, strength was, was, was great. Um, you know, the only thing that maybe had been an issue was her, her, her trust in it, you know, uh, the psyche. And again, that, that's gotten better. You know, she's been with me for almost about a year and a half, two years. Wow. She, uh, you know, the surgeon uh, advised her to go ahead and get the ACL reconstruction, you know, based on what she was gonna be doing. Again, quite often, you know, you can go through activities of daily living and, and whatnot and be fine. Um, but you know, when, when surgeons look at, at things like that, whether it's a UCL, the ACL, they're looking at maybe rate of re-injury. And, and that's again, something that we're also looking at as well, right? Trying to, to prevent injury down the long, uh, you know, for the, for the long haul. And um, you know, they advise it and you say, hey, you know what, that, that ligament's not there providing that stability. Um, but again, you know, again, it's a gamble. You know, the other things that do provide stability to the, bottle, uh, to the body are just, you know, muscular strength, Mechanics, you know, telling the athlete, hey, I want you to be cognizant of how, what your body's doing in space. I want you to feel. Um, and, you know, so it's, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you just got to advise a patient. You know, you don't always have to get surgery. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, thankfully we work with surgeons that, that are going to be a little bit more conservative. Hey, you know, let's go through therapy first. Let's see how you feel. You know, hey, if you're, you know, you check this box off and, and, and yada, 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 you know, maybe we don't need surgery, you know, but, you know, sometimes the surgeon's just going to go ahead and, and, and put their foot down and say, you know what, you do need surgery. It, it just, it really depends, you know, on, on your relationship maybe with that surgeon, the, the patient's relationship with the surgeon, what their overall outcomes or goals are. And, um, but, you know, again, we're, we try to do every, every little thing that we can to do right by the patient or the athlete. Um, David, as we kind of start to wind things up here, mm -hmm. uh, could you talk to us about what's next? I mean, talk to us about the, re the recovery process and what's mm -hmm. next for you in your career uh, for what your goals are. Well, the recovery process, um, I mean, like you were saying, um, like you and Mondo were saying, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been a grind. It's, it's really focusing on get, not only getting my, my uh, bodily functions in sync, um, but it's also about getting that strength around that ligament area. You know, I got the, the new ligament I have is from my, um, my hamstring. Uh, I could have chosen to go with my wrist on my opposite end, but considering my wrists are a little on the slim side, I was like, mm, <laughs> uh, I don't know 
know about that, Chief. So <laughs> <laughs> I decided to go where I know a tendon is going to be full on thick and, and sturdy and strong and um, something I know that I can develop around. And uh, going through the rehab process, I would say 100% at all times. And then at times that 100% is not available, when I'm saying your body physically can't do 100%, there's nothing wrong with going 50 to 70%. There's absolutely, uh, whoever says, you know, I've had coaches say, oh, you're, 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 you're halfing, you're halfing this, you're halfing that. Sometimes halfing in, in, in this situation, sometimes taking it easy is always the best route compared to, you know, jumping in, being explosive, going back at 100%, you know, basically take some, take some steps, little ladders, little baby steps, get that recovery going. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm still in my baby steps. I know I'm a year out of Tommy John, but I'm still in my baby steps. You know, I just broke 84 the other day, 84, 85. Um, you know, that was a new PR for me coming back from Tommy John. I'm, I'm so happy to even see that I finally broke 80. It's you know, yeah. it's, it's a great feeling that I felt that I know that I took the proper steps to get where I'm at. Granted, <laughs> after bullpens now, my arm feels ridiculous. My arm, uh, it doesn't hurt. I'm, I mean, like, it feels like, wow, this is going to hang for a while. <laughs> this is, I got I to gotta, I gotta address this the next days or weeks coming into the next bullpen. So making sure I'm ready for next bullpen. And it's just a repetitive process, you know, bullpen, seeing what I, what, what I could fix, what I can't fix, you know, what, I, what needs to be addressed, then rest, rest, rest. Then bullpen again and, you know, um, play, um, well, my goal is basically waiting till January, you know, start starting back up again, um, starting getting in contact with a couple more scouts saying, hey, uh, why don't you come to El Paso, take a look at me, or if I need to travel, you know, it's a, uh, the baseball world is like any other pro sport world, it's a business. Sometimes you gotta go where you need to go. Um, it's not gonna be always in your best comfort, but you know, as an athlete, I'm pretty sure most of us are used to being out of our comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of like the process, what I'm going through for next season. Next and you're year. training at the base with yes. Cody Decker, mm -hmm. friend? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. I think I actually remember you came out to, to hit, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool, yeah. That's so cool, man. That was, um, Cody, do do? Cody has a lot of hype. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you were at the Rocky no, Stadium. You no. did good. <laughs> you got, I didn't think Andy Morgan. That's not me. <laughs> He, cool, he he looks he's a good looking guy. He has got the good swing. Yeah. Not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Cody's uh, Cody's been a real good guy to me. You know, he's uh, he's always cheering me on. He's he's kind of he's kind of always rooted for me uh, coming out of Tommy John. He's a really good guy to talk to. But that's um that's pretty much my goal coming into the 2021 season is not only get my mind rewrite for the 21 season, meaning I got to scratch everything, not scratch everything, but I have to basically get my mind prepared for 2021 and not necessarily forget 2020, but kind of just take into 2020 with a grain of salt going into 2021, mentally preparing myself for the year and mentally preparing my body or mentally preparing for what my body's going to be doing that year. So that's pretty much the goal Man. for what I'm going to be doing. I, think I, awesome. I got a, a question for David. What's you know, that? Was therapy, looking back on it now, you know, what are your thoughts on physical therapy? Was it was it different than what you thought coming in? Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought coming in it was gonna be like, oh, you just gotta do this here and there, and then I'm over here doing movements. Where, what is this gonna? Be? Like, they're this? gonna massage me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought I was going into just like 
you know, in a, in a, in a way gets sport spoiled or something like that. But, you know, that wasn't the case. I, I was doing some pretty intense stuff where at the time it was very intense for what my arm can do. And I was sure. like, oh my God, like, I gotta be doing this. <laughs> but, you know, afterwards it, it pays off. It really pays off. It, the, the benefits you get from proper rehab, you know, as opposed to any, any other style of at home remedies, what people usually athletes, we like to do at home remedies, but you can't beat you can't beat professionals and what they know and their knowledge and what they can help you out with. I love, you know, I love the whole physical therapy aspect and how it helped me become a better athlete and become more mentally secure, I should say, in 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 my arm and in my goals. Nice, awesome. And for you, Adam, um, as we kind of wind things down, I know we talked about an extreme injury today, but kind of this is a weird question. I'm sure we're going to get you back on and talk more about, you know, just injuries and rehab. Uh -huh. But if somebody is listening to this and they think, man, I'm, I've just had discomfort in this one specific area. They might be older or something, but they might just brush it off every single day. Mm -hmm. However, it's pro it could be taking a toll on them. Mentally, it could have weighed on them for a decade and they just haven't addressed it. Mm -hmm. How would you, what would you recommend for somebody who's living with it, kind of like discomfort in some certain area? Well, uh, we do offer free screenings. So I'd say, come on down. Uh, no charge, uh, you know, call our, our office up. Um, but, you know, it may be discomfort right now. And, and the way we look at it is, you know, it's a, it's a minute issue right now, but let's prevent it from becoming a really big issue, you know, down the road. Um, so, you know, uh, like I said, we offer free screenings, you know, get checked out by, a, you know, a, a professional, you know, a doctor of physical therapy. Um, it's what we do. It's what we went to school for. And um, uh, we're movement specialists. That's, that's our job. Um, but more importantly, we're, we're people persons. Uh, we're people people that's how you want to word it um mm -hmm. and you know we're looking out for your best interest so you know whatever it is if it's your you know your shoulder your back your knee your hip whatever it is you know feel free to come by you know and, and just have a conversation with us let us let us try to ease your 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 worries um and and let's get you on a uh, on a path to recovery um and and just you know overall increasing your quality of life it doesn't have to just be in sports but just you know, life in general. So, you know, come on down and you know, speak with us, you know, uh, and, and let's get you on a track to, to, to recovery. I love that. I love that. Well, Adam, David, I really appreciate both of you guys. It's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. Oh, it has. Thank you for having us. I actually have one more thing to say um, from, for all the athletes listening in. Uh, if you're anything like me, I definitely recommend you feel any sort of pain. Don't, don't hide it. I'm a very, I used to be an athlete to where I used to hide everything, you know, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. If it's something that's not soreness, but if it's actual pain, don't hide it. Talk to someone, get wow. yourself right. Cause I, I'm, I, I used to be like that, hide it, don't hide it, trust me, it'll bite you. That's good to That's know. Good. I'm really glad. But hey, David and Adam, I really appreciate you guys both joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Really insightful stuff from both of you guys. So appreciate it. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. Thanks Thank for having me. Armando, episode five in the books. Yes, sir. Tune in for episode six. Like, share, and subscribe. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. What was the other one you, you sent me? Wherever there? people get their podcasts. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's, that'll do it for us. Episode 5 of the Physical Athletic Podcast. We'll be back again next week.